Last night I asked her to, to pray. I said, if Joe doesn't show up, because I thought he might be tired, would you pray? And she said, come on, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Still pretty good. Um, let's go to the Word of God. If you have a Bible or if you have a smartphone with a Bible app or whatever you want to do to get to a Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 12 through 27. But we're going to focus on verses 12 through 20 today. This is part nine of a series on the church. Some of you are wondering, this is getting long. Um, how many more are there going to be? Well, there will be three more. We're going to go through 12. And um, next week, we're going to have the Thanksgiving Sunday. We're going to have a break from the series next Sunday. Um, and then after that, we'll, we'll have three more from this, from this, uh, in this series on the church from the book of 1 Corinthians. Today we're talking about the subject of belonging, the church and belonging. So let me read this passage. It's a very important passage. I use this passage to teach um, membership. People, When people come to our church and, and is interested in becoming members, uh, we look at this passage. Um, we looked at this passage in discipleship. And so it's a tremendously important passage, um, and we're going to look at the first half of it today. So, verse 12 of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, this is the word of God. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our presentable, unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you, you that is the plural, are the body of Christ and individually members of it. May the Lord bless the reading of this very important word for the understanding of his church. Let's, uh, let's pray for today's message. Father, we live in a radically individualistic age and time, and our culture swims in a pond where everybody thinks we know how to make our own life work without community. And hence, we very much have problems with this issue of belonging. 
And I pray today that as I speak from your word that you would really speak to certain people. That there are people who hear this word and they think, I don't really belong here because I'm not like this person or that person. Would they hear today, not though, though my foolish lips move, would they hear from God himself saying to them something they really need to hear so that they may be blessed and be a part of your church for the greatness of your name. I pray. Amen. Do some of you ever feel lonely? You ever feel lonely? You ever feel like you're not sure where you belong or if you belong? You go into a group of people, you're around a group of people, where do I belong? Do I have a community? If you ever feel lonely, let me tell you something. You are not alone. <laughs> um, a number of years ago, when my wife and I, we were going to this church, this is the church in Boston where we met. Uh, it was a predominantly Korean-American church, not too different from our church. And there was a young woman who came to the church. She herself was, uh, she, was she grew up in Korea. She, I mean, she, didn't even, she barely spoke English. She didn't speak English very well. But she was, um, she was a student. She was a college student who had come to the United States to learn how to speak English better. And she didn't really even go to church. She didn't really go to church. And, um, but she heard that there was this Korean church with a bunch of Koreans you know, around the corner from where she lived. And so she decided to give it a shot. And she just showed up at church one day. And she, she didn't go to the Korean-speaking congregation. She chose the English-speaking congregation. So, and over time, she learned about Jesus. And she loved our community. And she got saved. And I remember one time I was sitting... Um, uh, you know, we were at this dinner gathering, and I was asking her, so, hey, how do you find America? And she said to me, she said, it's a wonderful country, but I feel lonely. Um, in fact, I feel lonely all the time. And to her shock, I looked straight at her, and I said, everybody here feels lonely. And she said, really? <laughs> and I asked her, so let me ask you something. So when you're in Korea, do you feel lonely? And she said, I never feel lonely when I'm in Korea. I go, well, welcome to America. Everybody here feels lonely all the time. <laughs> she couldn't believe it. She thought she felt lonely because she wasn't American and her English wasn't very good, so she didn't know she felt belong. I said, but actually, I don't know if you know this, but Americans are lonely people. We are perhaps one of the most lonely countries that's ever been on this planet because we are the most radically individualistic people that's ever been on this planet. And so we love this thing called freedom, and freedom means I get to make life the way I, it fits for me. Well, you know what? There's a very heavy cost to that. That cost is loneliness. And that part of that cost is I don't know where I belong. See, I mean, she, she's in Korea. She never worries about where she belongs. She goes to everywhere she goes. She just feels like she belongs. So she doesn't feel lonely. So in America... You're never sure where you belong. And that's part of the cost is loneliness. And this is my introduction to this message today. Today I'm talking about the issue of belonging. That's what this passage is talking about today. Part and parcel of the church and what the church offers to people is a deep sense of belonging. 
It's really important. And part of what makes heaven heavenly is this, is that the church is where you belong. Many of you are going throughout life, you're trying to find belonging with, I've got to find this, this with the, the one person who's going to love me, your soulmate. And you marry this person and you're like, they don't get me. <laughs> right? And then you're finding, you've got to find your, the, 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 your company, you're going to try to find belonging. So some of you, your favorite, you, you, gotta, you go to the sports bar where everybody roots for your favorite sports team. And for a little bit of time, while you're all screaming for the right, you know, screaming against the other enemy, and you know, you're all rooting for the same people, you feel a little bit of belonging, but it's fleeting. It doesn't, and it just goes away. And it's not very, it's very, it's a very shallow kind of belonging, isn't it? Today we're talking about a deeper kind of belonging. Talk about it in three parts. Belonging... So what we're going to do in the first two parts, we're going to talk about the wrong ways we think about belonging. Belonging the way we seek it in the wisdom of man, not from God. So belonging by works, not by grace. Part two, belonging by sight, not by faith. By sight, not by faith. And part three, belonging by drinking of one spirit. Belonging by drinking of one spirit. So let's talk about Part one, belonging by works, not grace. Now, this is a strange passage. You go to verse 14. He says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. That's a very obvious point. So I know I have a rather glorious body, so try not to stare, okay? So you're looking at a body, right? What do you see up here? You see a body, right? You don't just see this. You know, if, if all you saw up here was these, this parts, you know, this little thing called the palm with the fingers, we call this hands. And a body can have more than one hand, and in, in this case, this body has two hands, okay? So if, would you, when you look up here, if all you saw were this, would, and I'd say, so what do you see up there? You would go, hands? <laughs> I see hands. You wouldn't say you see a body, would you? And yet... A lot of times in the world, and if, if apart from the, the wisdom and the word and the truth of God, if you come to church, a lot of times people look at church, and what they do is they do this. They, 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 look at the, they go to church, and they think that church, if you were going to really belong in church, you have to be a certain kind of person. Only a certain kind of person can be at church. And so... You say this to yourself. I mean, of course, you don't actually say this out loud. You don't say this out loud. You say this in your head. You say this in your head. You say, well, I'm not really a hand. But think about it. If this is all you had up here, you wouldn't have a body. You, if you're going to have a body, you've got to have the hands. You've got to have the feet. You have to have, like, fingernails. And you have to have this, this, this thing up here. I mean, this isn't the most important part of the body, but you've got to have this. Some of you have less of this. Okay? I mean, thankfully, I still have a good, good amount, okay? Um, I still have a good amount, and, and I look at my maternal... They say it's a sex-linked trait, so I, looked at my, I look at my maternal grandfather. You can meet him. He's, he's in our church. He's 96 years old, and he's still got a nice set of hair. I'm like, yes. It's, it's, I'm going to still have that when I'm 90-something, too. Okay, so... Um, but... If you're going to have a body, you have to have all of it, right down to things called the hairs, the hands, and even things you can't see, like lungs and livers and pancreas. You, you don't even get to see them. 
They're not very visible. Your eyes don't even see them when you show up. But similarly, when you go to a church, there are members in the church your, your eyes don't even see. You don't even see them. Some of you walk into this church, there are certain old ladies who speak only Korean, and they sustain this church through prayer. You don't see them. They're like the pancreas of this church. You know that? But some of you come into this church, and you think, if you're not like this, so now the hand, let's look at the hand. The hand is one of the most visibly, obviously useful and important parts of the body. If you ever see a person, and they they lose a hand, or they don't have either hand, you immediately know that they're impaired, right? I mean, because the hand, I mean, it's got fingers, fingers, and it picks things up. I mean, I mean, do something really simple like button your shirt. If a person had no hands, you can't even do that. And so, I, I, when I think of the hands, I think of some of you, you look at the church this way. A church has hands. And so if you've got hands, those are, the, those are the hands kind of people. They're the people that make up the church. And I think... You, you, the, the people that are useful, the people that are good, the people that really know their Bible, the people who have pray, the people that show up all the time, the people that wear a certain kind of clothes, good Christian saints, those are the people who, who make up the church. And I'm not one of them. I'm kind of bad. I'm pretty worldly. I care a lot about money, and I can't help but care about my looks. And um, my faith is really poor. I believe in Jesus, but kind of in a sucky way. <laughs> and, but the pastor, I mean, and the, these guys that we had here too, the elders, those guys, they're, you know, and you know, when you're looking at them, you know what you're looking at? You're looking at hands. They, they do stuff. But most of you, you probably feel like the feet. The feet, the feet go through the world, and the feet get dirty. And the feet are kind of smelly. <laughs> and junk get on the feet. that They go through the mud and the toil, and they get dirty as they go through the world. And some of you feel that way. I'm dirty. I'm smelly. We should cover me up. I, and, but some of you, you know what you say? I'm not a hand, so I don't really belong. I'm not like those good Christians People in the church are good Christians. They, they, they're, they're, they're godly. They have really good faith. They pray. And if this is how you see the church, you, it's, you're wrong. Because that means you look at the church by works. The people who do the works. They, they, they are the, the saints, the ones who do the works. They are the ones who belong in the church. But that's not how the church is made. God calls dirty people to church. God calls the the people that don't really get a lot of attention to church. God calls the hurting to church. The church is made by grace, not by works. See, it's, you know, some of you are hair, you're like, I don't feel very useful. You know, the hair doesn't seem the most useful. You know what? The hair is useful and the hair, hair is wonderful. But you know, God calls you to church, belong. So some, you literally say that. I'm not like the pastor. I'm not like the elders. Hence, I don't really belong here. You are wrong. Let me tell you something. You can have a lot of dirt on you. Actually, you really belong in church. 
where, that's where you really need. And there's only one kind of person that can't find belonging in the church, and that's the person that rejects grace. Because that's how, that's how, you, get part of, that's how you become a part of the church. By grace, not by works. Jesus died so that he could offer you salvation by grace. Only the people who think, I don't need this grace because you know, I know how to put my life together, they're the only people who don't belong in the church. Right? That's why Jesus had the biggest problem with these idiots called the Pharisees. And strangely enough, a lot of them come to church, right? And um, it's, it's, a, it's a wild thing, right? So one, the first way that you look at the church which is wrong is by works, not by grace. Let me go to part two. I want to sit in this part a little bit. Um, many people, when they assess a church, they look at the church by sight, not by faith. You try to figure out the church, and you try to figure out if you belong in the church. You go to a church, you're like, do I belong here? You do it by sight, by the, with your eyes. You look at the world through your eyes, and then you have a certain wisdom by which you assess the world with your eyes. And then, so then the things you see with your eyes by sight, you go, well, I don't really belong here. I'm not like these people here. Therefore, I don't belong here. I don't belong. Just like this. You're, you're going, I'm an ear. Everybody here is an eye. I don't belong. I'm a, I, I'm a hand. Everybody here is a foot. I don't belong. Okay. And there's, uh, there's something about America. America, we are, you know what we are in America? We are, there's 300 million people in America plus million, and we have 300 million plus consumers in America. America is a shopping nation. We shop for everything. You shop for your clothes. You shop for certain, t- you shop for your TV channels. You, you, you literally compare Comcast to, to AT&T U-verse. And some of you, you, know, you, choose, you, you choose your lifetime. Ladies, you like your lifetime. I'm not to be overly sexist there. I don't know too many guys who watch lifetime, right? And guys are onto the ESPN, right? I mean, I literally pay probably 50-something dollars a month basically to just have ESPN. I feel like I pay $50 for ESPN. I must be stupid, all right? But it's what we do, all right? But, um, and we even shop for your spouses. And so some of you go onto this thing called eHarmony, <laughs> Shopping for spouses. And, and then we call it church shopping too. And then all your wisdom by which I know who I am and I know what I like and I know what fits me and I know where I fit and I belong. That's how you shop for everything. And then you do that for churches too. You show up at the church and when it doesn't seem to fit your market niche, everybody's in a market niche. And so... Then you go, hey, this, this church has all of the, there are only eyes here, and I'm a hands kind of guy. And then you think that you don't belong at this church. And you know what the Bible says to you? You're wrong. You're wrong. And I just want to give you a, a few examples of the way people typically do this. Um, you know, this is very common. This is the typical ways that American Foolish people who believe in the wisdom of man more than the, the wisdom of God. So, look, if you are using the wisdom of being American to assess the church instead of using the wisdom of God from the scriptures, then you are being a fool. You're being dumb. So, 
So like, like I said to you a lot this past summer when we were doing the wisdom series, stop being dumb, <laughs> okay? You're dumb. We are dumb. All of us are guilty of being dumb. Today you get a chance to repent, okay? So the first way, first one, very, and especially very relevant to our church, is ethnicity. We choose ethnicity. Now look. The church has to be built on word and spirit. And so sometimes if you show up at a church and you're like, I can't understand what is being taught, okay? That's, that's a reasonable reason why you don't belong at that church. You're like, I can't understand the gospel. How can you get to Jesus if you can't hear the gospel? So some of you grew up in a church like this, a Korean-American church, and every day if the guy got up front and spoke the gospel in Korean, that church totally failed. Actually, you don't belong at that church. Isn't that weird? I'm ethnically Korean, but I can't understand the gospel from the way they teach it here. Actually, that is a church you don't belong. <laughs> that's weird, isn't it? But because you're Korean, isn't, there's not, that's not the real reason. But a lot of times people show up at the church and we think the church, and this, immigrant churches are really bad in this. Immigrant churches are, were started to help people who feel that they are alienated in the society. So the people who are alienated in the society looking for belonging, so the immigrant church has started. But that's, that's really not what the church is for, quite frankly. The church is to exalt Jesus. You meet Jesus by grace, then you get belonging. And that's for any ethnicity. Any church where you can get the gospel, you can belong there. Um, you know, just to give you a story about this, uh, I, um, when I was in college, I used to do this, I had my core academic classes, but I, I used to look through the, the course schedule and I found that there was all kinds of other odd and interesting classes. I'm thinking, well, you know, my college is expensive and I'm paying a lot of good money, so I'm going to get my money's worth. And so they used to have these one-unit classes that were pass-fail that were more interesting. You can't just get this anywhere. And so, I don't know if you know this, but um, I took, I, I, your, your pastor knows how to ballroom dance. Because <laughs> I took a, a one-unit ballroom dance class, right? It was also a good, a good place to, to meet girls, I found out. It's like, wow, the, the, the male-female ratio is greatly in my favor. <laughs> All my idiot buddies who are taking, like, you know, flag football, <laughs> where they only meet dudes, I'm... I'm I'm in a good class. They're in a stupid class, right? So, but, but, but another class that I took, um, or as I, I was in it for a while, I didn't end up staying in it for the whole time because I had a schedule conflict, was, uh, was gospel choir. Hmm. So there was this one-unit class, and the gospel choir met at the African-American-themed dorm. Gee, shocking. Gospel choir meets in the black-themed dorm. Huh, okay? And so... I was like, oh, so you just show up at the first time, and if you like it, then you can sign up for the class after the first one or two times. And so, you know, I rode my bike there. The dorm was called Ujima, and Ujima it met in their living room. I went to the Ujima living room, and there were about 14, 15, some odd folks there, and everybody there was black, <laughs> except one white person and me. That's how I remember it. There was like one white girl and, and me, <laughs> right? And everybody else was black. And so you walk in, and you feel like, well, I'm not black, and that's a little, I feel a little uncomfortable, not because they're black, um, because when I first immigrated to the United States, 
Um, our family, we lived in Richmond, California, just north of Berkeley, and I, I don't know what it's like today, but back then it was, it was pretty much an all-black neighborhood. And so my first couple years in America, I actually felt more at ease among being around a whole bunch of black people than I did being around a whole bunch of white people, and that's interesting. So I, I never particularly felt uncomfortable being around a lot of black people. Huh? Um, but it felt strange because uh, I just felt so singled out. <laughs> So do I belong? Do I belong? So the guy who led it, he stood up, you know, after a few minutes, hey, how you doing, blah, 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 because you know, it was just the beginning of the quarter. We had just come back from vacation. Was, and some of them apparently knew each other. They were buddies. So I'm thinking, well, they're buddies, and I don't know them, so I guess I don't belong. Everybody, let's stand up. Let's hold hands. Okay, so, and they took my hand. I mean, they treated it like it was perfectly normal. I said, okay, you're holding hands. Okay. Um, we're holding hands with this dude and, you know, this, the, this African-American dude and this African-American woman, and they started singing the song. And so let's sing the song. So to open up, they start singing the song. And, and um, I don't know the song really well, but it starts off with, I love you, I love you, I love you here today. And, so, and it's, a, it's an old gospel song. And it's a song that says, I love you to Jesus. And as soon as they started singing, I love you to Jesus, I knew I belonged. I knew this was my family. I belonged here. That's the church. You understand? That's the church. Some of you, I know some of you are, you know, this is a predominantly Korean church. You show up here. This is the English-speaking congregation of the Korean. We preach the gospel in English here, Okay? If the way the gospel is presented here moves you to want to love Jesus, let me tell you, you belong. You belong. And let me tell you, sis, one of these days, if you ever leave our church or move away from the city or something like this, and you, you know, plop yourself down into a particular neighborhood, and the church around the corner is predominantly, say, black, or Vietnamese, or whatever ethnicity it is, won't you, let me just, just encourage you, why would you go, I'm going to go to the American church. Let me tell you something about the American church. Today, the American church is also still predominantly an ethnic church. It's just the white ethnic church. It's the predominantly Caucasian church. That's what people think the American church is. Well, that's, that's just another version of being the church. So why, if you go to another city, do you have to think, well, you know, I'm going to either choose my ethnicity. Uh, if I'm Chinese, you'll think about going to a Chinese church. Or if you're Mexican, you'll think about going to a Mexican church. Or like, I'm going to go to the American church. But really, being the American church is going to the predominantly white church. And they have a culture too. <laughs> so whatever that culture is, really, as long as it's about Jesus, you can belong. And so... Um, I, I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend, one of my closest friends. He, he, he's a white guy, and he's like a total white dude's white dude. I mean, he's like, you ask him to eat this piece of ethnic food, he goes, oh, he gets all scared, okay? <laughs> I'm like, you're so, I look at him like, dude, you're so white. And um, I even once told him, you know, if you ever move out of the city, you know, he, he, he's, he's a born and bred Philadelphia guy. Because if you ever move out of the city, you might actually consider going to like a Korean American church like our church. And if your daughters, he has like, you know, he has multiple daughters, and he has, two, he has three daughters and two sons. If your children were to grow up in that church, you would train them to be cross-cultural. 
missional for Jesus. They would just consider it totally normal that in the name of Jesus I belong. That's what our world needs. That's what America needs. Okay? Number one, ethnicity. Let me give you um, number two, a second one. Age. A lot of you walking into the church, you're immediately looking for people roughly about your age. And if, and if everybody in the church is old, or if everybody in the church is young, and you're not, you don't fit, you go, oh, everybody here is young. Therefore, I do not belong. That's just like saying everybody here is an eye, but I'm an ear. I don't belong. It's the same thing. Same exact thing. <laughs> um, so, look, um, I, I, this is my turn. When I was doing this, I, I just couldn't wait to give this sermon. I have heard this comment so many times in, in our church. It is my time now to tell you to shut up. <laughs> Some of you have literally said this to me. Oh, everybody here is married with kids, and I'm single. Huh. Or I'm a college student, and there's not that many college students here. <laughs> and therefore, I don't belong. So I've just been, I, I can't wait to say this to you. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> You're dumb. <laughs> Repent. Please, stop saying this. Stop saying it out loud, and stop saying it to yourself. It's dumb. It's this is God's word. It's infallible. You get it? You know what infallible means? It's not wrong. <laughs> Cannot be wrong. God's word is infallible. Your word, the stuff that you say in your own mind, incredibly fallible. <laughs> that means wrong often. <laughs> and now, as your pastor, so usually I don't, when I hear people say that, I'm usually trying to be really kind. I listen to that going, oh, hear that again. All right? Today I get to tell you, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Repent, please. And by the way, this isn't just for the young people. So this is so str- weird to me. Um, I've been an English ministry pastor for, for years. And when I was a younger English ministry pastor, you know what would happen? Most English ministries like this, because there's an Im- immigrant church, generational issue, most English ministries are full of college students and singles. So you know what happens? Married couples show up in the church with their two little ones and go, oh, there's nobody here with kids. I guess I don't belong. And they whine about that, and then they leave because there's all a bunch of college students. So now we have an English ministry <laughs> that's tipping more toward the married, and then we're actually having babies all over the place. And so now what happens? All the young people go, oh, I'm an ear, and there's only eyes at this church, hence I do not belong. Please stop this. <laughs> it is wrong. You belong through Jesus. Not through age demographics. If you do it through age demographics, you're just an American consumer using the stupidity of the American wisdom, which is stupidity. <laughs> okay? All right? Please. So, um, let's just share one, another quick story on this. Uh, years ago, about maybe about 10 years ago. So this is when I was in college. This is when I was still, uh, well, not that, not that young, okay? Because uh, I'm kind of old, okay? So my wife and I, we visited our, our, our pastor friend, and, he, and he, he's like what I am today, an English ministry pastor. It was a predominantly Korean-American church. That church was probably bigger than our church. I think the Korean-speaking ministry had like 1,000. 
an English-speaking ministry, had like 500. And he was the pastor um, that especially worked with the singles and college students. And there was a, a dinner gathering, fellowship, and he said, you want to come over? The, the food's going to be really good. And so my wife and I, we, I think at the time, uh, I think Hudson must have been two, and Laura was six months old. She was a little baby, and we went to this dinner gathering. And as you can imagine, most of the people, it was, it was held at this person. It was a nice suburban house in, in greater Baltimore. And um, you can, as you can imagine, most of the people there are mostly, most of them are Korean-American. There are a couple Chinese couples. I think there was one, like, husband, Chinese, wife, Korean, or something like that. There were a couple of those couples. And, and most of them were in their 20s and 30s. But there was one couple that really stood out. They were a Caucasian couple in their 60s. They were sitting there eating dinner, this white couple in their 60s. And so, you know, me being the kind of man, I'm not really shy, I walked in there, I just said, oh, white couple in their 60s, I want to talk to them. So I sat next to them, and I asked them, how long have you been in this church? Their answer was surprising. We've been in this church for about 15 or 20 years. I go, really? <laughs> How did you come to this church? They said, well, a number of years ago, we adopted our daughter. She's Korean ethnic. So she, we got her from Korea. We, we believe in God. We, we, we love Jesus. Um, but we thought it might be easier for her if she went to a church where everybody at least looked like her. So we heard about this church. We visited it. And the first few times, it was, of course, kind of strange. It was, it was a little weird, and we felt a little odd. But after a while, we, we, we just listened to what they teach, and it was all about Jesus. And we said, why can't this be our church? And they just made it their church. Their daughter wasn't even in their church anymore. Their daughter had gone off to college, grown up. She's gone. She lives in another city. And she was saying, oh, yeah, some of these kids, we watched them grow up. See, you know, that person, this person, and, and she, this, this, this wonderful woman started telling me about how she knew that girl since she was yay tall, and I know that kid. And, and um, you know, th- when this boy comes home from college, he comes to, oh, we have him over at our house. And I almost started to cry when they said that. Because it said to me, the gospel was more powerful. This is the church. You get it? Not by ethnicity, not by age. They're in their 60s, and they were just totally at home with these 20-something-year-old singles and 30-something-year-old young couples. The church. A couple more categories. Uh, Singles versus married. I get it. If you're single... You want to get married. <laughs> I'm really lonely, Pastor. Everybody's lonely in America, but like I'm really lonely because I'm single. Okay, and we 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 have compassion for you, <laughs> uh, married people. At least I hope you do. All of you married people, if you don't have compassion for them, shame on you. You used to be lonely, sad, <laughs> by yourself. Help them. Help them. Okay, help pray for them, single folks. But please don't do don't do that according to married versus single or Married with kids versus married without kids and single. College. And, and you know what this is? People are showing up in the church. America is a very segmented society. And the reason we're a segmented society is because it's very easy to, it's, 
Okay, let me, let me just, so you can hear a little bit of the cynical side of me. What is the purpose of the American education system? To produce knowledge widgets. You are a widget. And what happens is, first you go to first grade, and the first grade assembly line person called the first grade teacher goes, <laughs> and then you go to second grade, and then the second grade assembly line person goes, and sticks, you know, like, so that, that was like first, it's like ABCs, and then the second grade teacher goes, and then you get addition and subtraction, right? And then you go to this place, and so the education system is like a mass factory where you're just going and and then, so we have to, and it's easier to do that when we segment everybody. That's why our society is like this. But if you go to an agricultural society, that's not how they operate. You know that? Because people who are 10 years old and 15 years old and 35 years old, they all can farm together. So you don't have to segment people. So people who are 20 years old don't have to feel like, they, I can only be around 20-year-olds. I've only been around 20-year-olds my whole life. And you get to 25, I've only been around 25-year-olds. I only know how to be around 25-year-olds. It's a heck of a lot easier to control and segment and make useful corporate tools. That's what America is. We're trying to produce useful corporate slaves and tools. <laughs> That's why the education system is the way it is. Okay. And by the way, the, the, the capitalism loves this. Because soon as we can make everybody think you belong in the 25 to 30 age bracket without kids, now they can target you to sell you junk. That's exactly how they are. They, they segment you. So if you show up in church with this attitude, I can only be around people in the 25 to 30 year old bracket because I'm 25 to 30 years old and I'm single without kids. Man, you're a total slave. You are a total slave. You have utterly bought into the stupidity Kool-Aid. <laughs> you have drank the stupidity Kool-Aid. Because that's not the way you were meant to be. You were meant to be able to embrace the different age. You were meant to be able to be a single person, hanging out with 60-something-year-old grandparents, and be loved by them, and love them. This is the way the church should be. It should be just like that, that couple said. We're in our 60s, 18-year-old, we're white. 18-year-old Chinese kid comes home from college. He comes over to our house and eats chicken noodle soup while he tells us about the latest girl that he likes who's Mexican. And it's all put together by Jesus. That's the way you were meant to be. That's the church belonging. That's deep belonging. Get it? And all of it by love, by grace. So stop doing it by your sight, by faith. Got to look into the church, see it by faith, not by sight. And last, last category, just um, there's the, the, the abilities and hobbies and interests. So I'll just, just quickly, please don't just hang out with the people that like football. Please don't only, all oh, you iPhone people, talking around to only the iPhone people. It's like, it's like stupid. It's like lame, so lame. Is this like, is this, if you come to church and the only kind of conversations you can have are the kind of conversation any old pagan can have, you're not being the church. Just dare to do it by faith, not by sight. Why don't you try asking this question? 
hey, is God doing something in you lately? Has God saying something to you lately? Just that's just, it's just such an, a simple question. Is God trying to say something to you lately? And the other person goes, hmm, I don't think so. <laughs> but maybe I should listen. Will you help me with that? Or you might be really surprised what people will say if you ask that question. They'll say, I think God is trying to say this, but I'm really running away from it because I don't really want to deal with it. <laughs> oh, really? Be the church. Now let me talk about this last thing. How do we do this? It's hard. It's hard to do, be, be the church. To belong. Let's go to this verse here. Verse 13. Verse 13. It's something rather extraordinary. It's an extraordinary verse. It doesn't look like an extraordinary verse, but it's an extraordinary verse. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. One body. Not a whole bunch of hands. That's, that's, that's one of the reasons why church is, is so dissatisfying today in America. I absolutely think one of the reasons why America is in decline from Christianity is because the church is so market segmented. You show up in the church and everybody's hands in this church. Everybody is iPhone using single people in this church. <laughs> it's like sad. So then everybody, so non-Christians, and by the way, I'm very sympathetic to non-Christians when they show up at the church and they think, well, the church, this is the church. This is God's people. Doesn't look like God's people. How, they're not, it doesn't seem very divine to me. It just looks like a bunch of iPhone using, you're using singles, Asians, who like to hang out with other educated single Asians. It's just, it's just sociological market segmentation. That's all it is, isn't it? Well, then, of course, they don't think it's much because that's not the body. But there's one body. You are baptized into one body. And here's what baptism means. Every person who believes in Jesus, that's why you've got to be baptized. Baptism signifies that all of the ways that you lived your life and depended on, it dies. You washed and you die. All that wisdom, all that righteousness, all that stuff that you used to make your identity. I'm an iPhone user, I'm single, I'm Korean, or I'm, you know, I'm Chinese, or I'm educated, I'm, oh, I'm old, I'm young. All these little markers of your identity, they die with Christ in your baptism. And then you're risen like this to belong to a new community, a new family called the church. That's why he says you belong. And I know that's the word. At this church, you will always hear that word. So how does it happen? There's, I'm going to give you two tips. Word and spirit. And then I'll give you like a correlate, corollary tip from the spirit, okay? One, you must believe this. And every week at our church, you will hear this word. It's called the gospel. You'll hear where Jesus is sufficient, where all my righteousness died when I was washed and baptized into Jesus. You'll hear that word. And you go, I know that's the right word, and I'm a rational, educated person, so I'm gonna, I've got that in my head. Okay, okay pastor, you've sold me on that word. I, I, I'm, I'm in. I believe that. But I don't, it's hard, pastor, I don't feel it. I come to this church, and it's just hard because I still feel like I'm a 25-year-old person in this market segmentation. Or I'm, 
I still feel like I'm, I'm a sinner or bad kind of person. Everybody here looks, seems like a nice kind of person. Or I'm old or I'm a, I'm, ex, I'm a different ethnicity. It's still hard to feel it, Pastor. And here is the answer. One body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free. You know what he's saying there? Neither, not ethnicity, not by riches, not by status. All were made to drink of one spirit. Look, the more you come here and you receive of the gospel, you know what? Jesus will pour out his spirit in the church. You want the Holy Spirit? Come to church. Because that's where the Holy Spirit lives. You want to drink more of the Spirit? Come into your community group because that's where the church is pouring out the Spirit to each other. Go into the community group and say, I'm not feeling it. That's where we try to make it. The Spirit will be poured out there. Drink of one Spirit. Because this is not what the Gospel teaches. One Lord Jesus Christ. To die with one baptism, to give to offer one baptism, to put us in one body, to pour out his one spirit into all of us so you can belong. As long as you do the market segmentation, I mean look here's the logic of the market segmentation. I'm gonna do it this way, this way, this way. More and more, do you realize the more you, you keep making that more and more and more specific, you're gonna get down to yourself. <laughs> I have to be, okay, I'm going to be a five foot nine football watching, ESPN watching, baseball loving, philosophy reading, Korean American Jesus person. I mean, so if, you do, if you do that, you know what that the logic of? That's not the logic of heaven. It's the logic of hell. It's in hell where everybody gets everything exactly the way they want it. And you get to be alone forever. Intense God saves you for the church. And it's in the church that you get this wild and strange belonging. And we'll get to heaven. You'll feel it. 100% of time, forever. And for now, this is just a foretaste. Believe God's word. Believe the gospel drink from the Spirit and know that you belong. Let's pray. Father, forgive us our stupidity and blindness and selfishness. We think we know how to be in the church or make the church or make it fit us. But what we really need is you. You, your son, baptized into his new life and to let his death, all that is of just of us, die on the cross. And I pray, Lord, I want to pray for New Hope Church, this church, our church. People would say, this is my church, our church. I love being part of the church. I pray, Lord, that there'll be people here who have tattoos and rings on their noses. I pray that there will be, there'll be Vietnamese folks in here and 
and uh, Laotian folks and Hmong folks and <laughs> I don't even know who what other ethnicities are in this city because they need you, Jesus, and we need the church. Thank you for saving us for something so glorious. And even though our eyes, it's hard for us to see it, would you make new hope You're the real church? Let us be the church by grace, not by works. May we trust by faith, not by sight. Would you make us a wonderful, beautiful family as we drink of your spirit together? Pray that there's a lot of lonely and insecure souls in this room. Would you quiet that, that raw, that, that persistent, I don't belong voice that hurts? Sometimes I know it's not just complaining, it's hurt. And would you come? It's only you can do. Make the church shine beautiful and wonderful as it always should be. In Jesus' name.